Oh, we are here. We are ready to go. The Millennial Reign of Christ. It's our topic today. It's the thousand-year period that follows the second coming of Christ. And remember, when Jesus comes back, he's coming with his bride. If you're a believer, you're part of that bride. We've been looking at some end times events, and we noted the marriage in heaven has taken place. God the Father presented the bride to the Son. He said, Son, here's your bride. She said, he said, Thank you, Father. She's beautiful. Then we have the baptism of fire, where God removes all unbelievers from the earth. And then Satan is bound. And the bottomless pit for a thousand years. The Old Testament tribulational saints have been resurrected. And now the new kingdom is going to be established. I'll tell you what. It's going to be a great time. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Life on earth is going to be great. Been waiting thousands of years for it. Because in every part of the world, somewhere, there's something going on that's not that good. But finally, the whole planet is going to be good. And we pick it up in Revelation 20, verse 4, where John said, Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus. And because of the word of God. Imagine that. People chop their heads off because they love Jesus. That's it. You love Jesus? Whack. Cut your head off. That's how it's going to be. That's the tribulation. Kind of similar in some parts of the world today as well. These are those that had not worshipped the beast or his image. And had not received the mark on their forehead or their right hand. So John said, and they came to life, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So this is the resurrection of the tribulational believers along with the Old Testament believers. Now, Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 25. He said in verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, that speaks of the second coming, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is the foreknowledge of Christ, knowing all those believers that would go into the millennial kingdom. Now, there are people in the tribulation that get saved. And like we said earlier, the tribulational period is a time of great tribulation. Oh, yeah. That's why it's called the Great Tribulation. 
Christianity is outlawed. Believers are hunted down. If you don't have the mark of the beast, man, you're on the outside looking in. You're an enemy of the state. So, Jesus saying, listen, these are the people that I'm going to put on my right. These are the sheep. Matthew 25 is all about the tribulation. He said in verse 35, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And he said, and they said, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in and naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And Jesus is saying that there was compassion shown to the believers of the tribulation. And by showing compassion to the believers of the tribulation, they were showing it to Christ. So obviously they will believe us too. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So, during the time of the Great Tribulation, there's going to be a great divide again in humanity, believers from unbelievers, and it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian in the Great Tribulation. You think it's tough now? This is nothing. Nothing compared to what it's going to be like. And the kindness that is shown to people that are followers of Christ in the tribulation will be rewarded. And those that don't show that kindness, they'll be judged. So let's talk about this thousand-year kingdom, because it's a great time. It's something that we're all looking forward to. First of all, let's talk about the government and the kingdom. It's going to be a theocracy. Christ will be on the throne. Now, Remember when the angel came to Mary and said to her about the son that she would have? Gabriel said, oh, he'll be great. He'll be called the son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That was in Luke one thirty-two. So the angel told Mary, listen, your son is going to be a king. He's going to reign on the throne. He's talking about the kingdom. Ezekiel prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 33, As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I shall be king over you. And he's talking about relieving the earth of all unbelievers, starting the millennial reign of Christ with all believers in Jesus being king. And finally, We're going to have a just government, a fair government, finally, prophesied in Isaiah 11, verse 4. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. 
and he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, and he will slay the wicked. So, with Christ on the throne during the millennial kingdom, yes, he's going to judge evil. He's not going to wink at it like we see today. Today, governments just turn a blind eye to evil, and sometimes they punish the good. But finally, we're going to have a government that punishes the evil and helps the good, gives aid to those in need, because Jesus Christ is going to be the most compassionate king. But he's not going to stand for monkey business. No, not evil. Evil has no place in his kingdom, and he will deal with it immediately. And that's only fear, isn't it? I would say so. When you See, when you deal with evil, you protect people. You protect everybody. You protect the society. You protect the culture. You protect the little children. You have to deal with evil in order to protect the people. If you don't, then the people are in jeopardy. Christ will deal with it. You know, the Old Testament believers, they had a lot to look forward to, just like we do today. So that's the government. Secondly, in the kingdom, there will be the removal of evil, where Satan is bound for a thousand years. In Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 1, John said, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss, all that bottomless pit, and the great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who's the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years, chained him up, and he threw him into the abyss, and he shut it and sealed it over him, that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. And after these things, he must be released for a short time. (laughs) And like I said last time, really, God? It says he must be released. So somehow this is playing into the plan of God. Okay? So we know that Satan is the cause of much evil in the world. But after he's removed, you know what? Evil will still persist. I'm like, how is that possible? You get the devil chained up and in the bottomless pit, and yet in the kingdom there's still going to be evil? How's that possible? Because people that go into the tribulation, I mean, that come out of the tribulation that are believers and go into the kingdom, they're regular humans like we are now. They have a sin nature. They procreate. They have children. Those children are born with a sin nature. So we have two types of people living on the earth. We have the church in its resurrected body, right? We'll all be in our resurrected bodies. And then we have the believers that came into the kingdom from the earth. They have regular natural bodies. We have the Old Testament believers. They have resurrection bodies. Tribulational believers, they have resurrection bodies. So those that come in from the tribulation, they have sin natures. And they have kids. And those kids, I don't get it. But many of them are going to grow up and reject Christ. Huh. 
Because here's what happens in verse 7. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. See, it's through the deception of Satan that all of these people are brought together, and he turns them against Christ. And the number of them, it's like the sand of the seashore. Think about that. I mean, here we are in a beautiful world. We've got a change in nature. It's the third thing I want to mention, okay? We've got a just government. We've got the eradication of the devil. Now we've got changes in nature. Isaiah 11, verse 6, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. That means that animals will be domesticated. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little boy will lead them. I'm like, there's going to be no danger in the earth. Think about it. No danger at all. The cow and the bear will graze. So God is changing the dietary habits of these carnivores. Carnivores become herbivores. Maybe that's what they were in the Garden of Eden. Apparently they were because they didn't eat each other until sin. See, once sin entered into the world, all of a sudden, animals started eating animals. Flesh-eating animals started eating grass-eating animals. And that's the way it continues until the kingdom. And then it changes and goes back to the way it was. So the cow and the bear will graze together. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. See? Lion's not into deer meat any longer, venison. Nope. We're going to eat straw, just like the ox. Hey, does that mean we can have a pet lion? Probably. But if you do, make sure you have a lot of straw, because they have a big appetite. Oh, yeah, they can eat. Okay. And then, in verse 8, the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra. Wow. I don't care. I don't want a pet snake, even if it's in the kingdom. There's two pets I don't want. I don't care how domesticated they are. I don't want a pet snake. I don't want a pet spider. I don't want either one. I don't care how safe they are. Keep them away from me. That's all. Okay? All right. But in this house, the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra. The weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. And they will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's incredible. It speaks of the presence of God being felt all over the earth. All over the earth. You know, sadly, there are many, many people in the world that do not sense the presence of God. They don't know the presence of God. Some of them are your friends. Some of them are your co-workers. Maybe even relatives. 
and they're just so far removed from the presence of God. And you know what? It breaks your heart. It breaks your heart because you know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing. They don't believe they're missing anything. They think they've got it all. But only when you've got Christ do you really realize what you've been missing in life. If you never get Christ, you never know what you're missing. But once you get him, something happens. It's like the light goes on, the shade goes up, and you can see in a way you never have before. And we want that for our friends and our relatives and co-workers. And we do everything we can to get them to see so they can experience the presence of God in their own lives. But in the kingdom, oh yeah, the world will experience the presence of God. The world will be filled with the knowledge of God. Fourthly, in the kingdom, people will live longer. In Isaiah 65, verse 20, he said, No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. Then he goes on to explain, For the youth will die at the age of a hundred. So in other words, when somebody's a hundred years old in the kingdom, they're still considered young. Wow. You say, well, wait a minute. Who are these people that are going to be a hundred? These are the kids that are born from the people, the believers, that came out of the tribulation into the kingdom. See, the kingdom will be on this earth. So those that got saved in the tribulation, they come into the kingdom, they have children. And when their kids reach a hundred years old, they're still considered young, because they're going to live to be a thousand. And the one who does not reach the age of a hundred, the Bible says, will be thought accursed. It'll be like, oh, something's wrong with them. So you know what this tells me? People will have many birthday parties. Oh, yeah. Imagine you're 500 years old. I mean, 500 candles on the cake? Nah, you'd probably get the number five and two zeros, right? <laughs> right? You, you get those. When you reach a certain age, and you don't put a candle for every year. You get the number, right? You get the number five and the number zero and the number zero. There you are. Happy birthday. You're 500 years old. So you don't eat a cake, a cake like, you know, six feet wide. A regular cake will do with the numbers. But imagine that, you're going to have a lot of birthday parties. You know, see, when life began, people lived a long time. People lived for centuries. At the origin of the creation of humanity, okay, Adam. Adam lived for 930 years, according to Genesis 5.5. Seth lived for 912 years according to Genesis 5.8. Noah lived for 950 years, according to Genesis 9.29. And then something happened. Apparently, the change in nature contributed to the lifespan of the individuals. And after the flood, the lifespan of people 
began to decline. I believe that before the flood, there was a the Bible tells us there was a vapor canopy above the earth. And that vapor canopy set up a type of a greenhouse effect. And it made the world tropical. And it created a long lifespan for people. But at the flood, that vapor canopy was destroyed and water came down and water came up out of the earth. And when Noah came out of the ark, it was a different world. And that's why the Bible says when he planted a vineyard and he drank wine from the vineyard, he became drunk. Now, some people mistakenly call Noah a drunk. No, the Bible says he was a righteous man. Well, how did he get drunk? Because the atmosphere had changed. And grape juice didn't ferment before the flood. But now with the water vapor canopy above the earth gone, the atmosphere was different. The grape juice fermented. Noah drank wine. He was hot. He passed out. Never experienced that before. And then people's lifespans over the centuries got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Until now, the Bible says we live to be like three score and two. Something like that. Okay, so that's what's happening. The fifth thing about the kingdom, oh man, here it comes. Satan is released from the abyss. Why? I don't know. God has a plan. It's not my plan, but it's God's plan. Revelation 20, verse 7, when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for war. The number of them is as the sand of the seashore. He's going to assemble a large worldwide army to attack Jerusalem. This will be the last war ever fought. Okay? And who are the people in this army? These are the people who, along with Satan, rebelled against Christ. See, even with a perfect environment, with peace and prosperity, it shows just how dark a human heart can be. A human heart can be really dark. So Satan goes to war. But of course, he's no match for God. He's no match for Christ. And in verse 10, the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. No respite. No break from the torment. Every second of every moment, they'll be tormented for what they did or tried to do to God and God's people. So that's something about the millennial kingdom that I call it like a thousand-year honeymoon that the church has 
with Christ. Now, next time we're together, we're going to see, well, it's going to be a time of the unbeliever. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. See, God does not wink or blink at evil. Every good deed will be rewarded. Every evil deed will be punished. Not in this life, perhaps, but in the world to come. In eternity. And it's an incredible scene. And you know what? It's one that we wish. I don't know if we're going to witness it or not. I don't know. But do you think we'll know people that will be at this great white throne judgment? Probably. Probably people that we love, that we witness to, that we try to get them to understand the love of God that's in Jesus Christ, but they just couldn't grasp it. They just kept saying, no, no, no. I'm happy for you. If it works for you, that's beautiful. But I'm all set. I'm okay. Let me tell you something. Nobody is all set without Christ. Nobody. I don't care how good you've got it now. No one is all set or okay without Christ. Because Christ is the door that we walk through to get into eternity to be with God. No Christ, there's no door for you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but through me. But he invites us in. He says, come on in. All you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come on. Come on in. So next time is the judgment of the great white throne, man. You want to get people to listen to this one. Try to avoid, we want as many people as possible to avoid this day. That's why we want to share the Hope Club podcast with people. Let them know there's a place they can go and they can hear these biblical truths. Turn their lives around. Oh yeah, reshape their eternal destiny. Get them in a better place in eternity future. In a better place on the earth as well. Okay? It's the Hope Club podcast. Any place podcasts are found, today's message, the millennial reign of Christ. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time.